Hello. Hello, and welcome to We Be Watching, where we break down our favorite and sometimes not so favorite films and TV shows. I'm Brittany Danielle, writer, pop culture critic, and proud comic book normie. And I am Raja, comic book enthusiast and film and TV connoisseur. And uh, let's get this started. Okay, today we are here to talk about episode seven of WandaVision, Breaking the Fourth Wall. Remember, we are getting into every single thing from episode one to episode seven, and maybe even some comic book stuff in between. So if you have not watched this episode or all of the others before it, I suggest you put a pause on the podcast and then come back and listen to us after you've seen everything. We do not want to spoil it and ruin it for you and this podcast definitely contain spoilers. In the meantime, you can also reach us on Instagram and Twitter. Shout out to all our new Twitter followers. We appreciate you. You can reach us on social media platforms at WeBeWatchingPod. And if you have questions, comments, etc., you can shoot us an email at WeBeWatchingPod at gmail.com. You can listen to this podcast on all of your favorite platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple, Pocket Cast, whatever. We out here. So if you see us on your favorite platform, please tell your friends about us friends, family, co-workers, and drop us that good five-star review on Apple and let us know what you think of the show. And you know what it is. Before we get into all the scenes, (laughs) we have first reaction. So Raja, what was your first reaction to this episode? Oh man. First reactions. Wow. I think a lot of people may have looked at this episode as maybe a filler episode, but for me, it was definitely very insightful being that we have the introduction of a villain and an introduction of a new hero. Like this is probably one of the most important episodes of this series. And um, after watching it, I was just like, oh, wow, putting it all in context, like this episode really is, like I said, it's, it's to me, it was one of the most important episodes. My first reaction to this episode was I knew it. I like the fact that we have officially confirmed that Agnes is Agatha Harkness, the witch, and that she has been pulling some of the strings all along. If you listen to the little song that introduces her, it was like, it was Agnes all along. So I still don't think Agnes is like the big bad in this situation, I think she's one of them. And I think whoever Ralph is that we've never seen, he might be a bigger bad than Agnes, but it's nice to know that we've made progress. We have confirmation, especially after episode six, tried to throw us off and make us seem like Agatha or Agnes was just, you know, under Wanda's thumb, like everybody else. We know that she was acting and she also has powers. I also knew, and we hypothesized about this last week, that, you know, going through the hex again would be the catalyst for Monica's powers to start manifesting. And that's exactly what we saw in this episode. And I think that sets, um, like you said, it sets up Monica to be a hero in this situation. She was already acting heroically pre-powers. Like her whole thing is about going back in to the hex to tell Wanda, like, hey, Tyler has it out for you. He wants to kill you and potentially everybody in the hex if he has to just to get vision back. So I'm glad that we're making we're making some movement on that plot. I am a little like, dang, we only have two episodes, right? So a lot has to occur in these last two episodes to bring this to a satisfying conclusion for season one, because I'm assuming they're going to have more seasons. But I don't know. We'll see. I enjoyed this episode. It went by really, really quickly. The Vision and Darcy Roadshow was cute, but it was also sort of a waste of time to me because she's telling Vision again all the stuff that we already know. So she's not getting, we didn't get any new information from this. We just see Vision learning more about his, his past. So while cute and while, you know, Darcy is a hilarious character, to me, th- those sections didn't really add that much. And I just wanted, more of Wanda, Agnes, and Monica. But, you know, you take the good, you take the bad, the facts of life, <laughs> to, to name another popular sitcom. I mean, I think it it 
it brought context to a lot of things, being that we know Vision was in the dark, you know, with with everything. And he was, you know, like you were saying, Detective Vision on the case. And it kind of solidifies everything up to this point um, as Darcy explains to him what happened even prior to the series and what's been going on. So I think it was necessary. It was definitely necessary to um, explain that or have that explainer to Vision and for us to see that. I don't think they spent that much time on it per se, um, being that we do have, what, two episodes left. And this is like uh, Dr. Strange said, we're in the end game now, you know? So my prediction actually moving forward would be there. There's probably going to be some flashback um, aspects in the next episode, which brings us ahead to, you know, a showdown basically. And where everything gets revealed to us within the last episode. So yeah, it it was like I said, you know, with my first impressions that, you know, a lot of people may have thought that this was just like some type of filler, filler episode, but with the big two reveals, those were definitely important aspects and some questions have been answered and uh, revelations that we have all been waiting for. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think this one was a filler episode. I think it moved the story forward in that, you know, the Agatha piece, now she's holding <laughs> the children and <laughs> Wanda and, you know, Monica is on the case. I think just those sections for me with Vision and Darcy, they were there for comic relief, obviously, and to to right, make sure right. every all of the characters are now on somewhat the same page like he knows what's up he knows that wanda isn't doing this because she's evil she's doing it because she was sad for losing him and seeing him die twice but are you ready to get into the actual episode i am ready let's let's go all right so we open the episode with as it says, the name of the episode breaking the fourth wall wanda's talking directly to the camera we already had some breaking of the fourth wall in the previous episode with, with the twins. But now we definitely have an entire episode of it where both Wanda and Vision right. are basically being interviewed sort of modern family style and sharing their perspective on things. And Wanda is depressed. She wakes up, Vision's not in bed with her. And then she starts talking about how she has a case of the Mondays. The boys come to see why she's still in bed and that's unusual. They've been having some issues with their games <laughs> malfunctioning, going from like modern day video games to an Atari joystick to some Uno cards. <laughs> when they, and, uh, and I a, think GameCube and, as well was, was a um, controller in that too, so... Yeah, so all of the their game, and as we see later on, the house itself is sort of switching back between all of these decades that we've already been in because something with Wanda is not right, and that means things in this reality are not right. I think it's more so when we see Wanda in that opening scene that she knows what occurred the previous night and there's some feeling of regret, but I think she's trying to validate it as well, being that it seemed as if it just had to be done to to save Vision. But at the same time, there's a feeling of resentment that she has with Vision, being that he was trying to leave. So she's not really trying to to approach that scenario. And everything, you know, like we said, everything is on the fritz. Um, the kids are noticing she just needs to basically get away the the whole quarantine staycation <laughs> for herself and this and that just to get her her i guess herself together but we also see like she's losing her mind she definitely is losing her mind which is why i think everything is malfunctioning i just wanted to pop in and say i thought it was interesting that they used the word quarantine yeah. because too soon, i don't too i don't know not too soon but i don't think like that puts us in like modern day right we're not in like early 2000s or the 2010s it seems to me using that word especially now is a very purposeful choice because she could have just said i was gonna have a staycation or an alone <laughs> right. day but to use the word quarantine staycation is very on the nose, I should say. Yeah, for like 2021. 
even though I know we're supposed to be 2023, but like exactly. this too is 2021. <laughs> too soon for her to be, or for them to be using that actual word, you know, um, being that there's so many other words that you can, that you can use when it comes to this, this situation too. Yeah. But I think that was a purposeful choice to use that word, to ground us in this modern day reality. Like we've been doing all this traveling through decades and now we're here in the modern day. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I mean, it still has the remnants of, you know, the office in Modern Family. So I'm not too sure if the the hex has moved forward to modern day per se, but we're definitely getting there. And I believe it's it's being that things are kind of falling apart at this point, then it has to, you know, revert to modern time at some point, like to to a to a T, I should say, as opposed to the, you know, kind of back and forth ish type of scenario that we're seeing in this in this episode between the eras, I should say. Another interesting thing that happens in sort of the intro before we get to the Wanda Vision theme song, which is all about Wanda, by the way, <laughs> um, is that Billy and Tommy are very concerned about their mom, rightly so. I guess they're not, she doesn't spend a lot of time in bed and, you know, things in their house are malfunctioning. And Billy tells his mom that he, like, his head is really noisy. He can hear things and he doesn't like it. And she tells him, oh, honey, like, just, just go lay down. She more so kind of basically dismisses it as if, like, I'm not dealing with you um, right now. This is all about me basically like i need time myself so i thought that was i thought that was interesting because generally we would see her she's all about the children and this and that but in in this episode she is definitely a little more dismissive when it comes to them i guess it's the mondays yeah case of the mondays and she says i'm not sure what that's about which is all the stuff now functioning in her house and then it cuts to the credits and it's just everything in the credits is about about Wanda like there's a Wanda street there's a Wanda building there's a businesses (laughs) with her name on it there's all this stuff about Wanda in the credits and at the very end it's like Vision's name (laughs) comes up for Wanda Vision and then it says created by Wanda and on the calendar Friday the 10th is circled with the heart so I'm not sure what that's about totally but that's something that I definitely took note of very interesting being that she is you know throughout the episode she kind of is is distant in this episode you know so that's that's exactly what we see is going on yeah and then after the the intro song it cuts to outside of the hex tyler has assembled some more sword people <laughs> which guess they weren't all hexed up <laughs> i guess he went back and called in some backups from somewhere some more and- cheese. Right. And he is planning to launch another, launching something, which I put in my notes, an attack um, yeah. later today. So <laughs> he's planning to to bust up in the hex, I guess, and get vision since that's what he really wants. Quote, later today, whenever that takes place. Right, right. It's just another case of just brash action by Tyler Hayward. Who still needs to get punched in the mouth, by the way, for coming at Monica sideways. And now that she, oh my God, I cannot, I cannot wait for her to rain some super punches into his face. I can't wait. You know what? I don't even think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be one of those moments where she's like, I'm not going to even waste my time on you. You know, the (laughs) the classic cliche moment (laughs) where you know you can just whoop somebody up, you know, easy. And at the last moment, you just like, like you just dismiss them. Like, I don't even, I'm not even worried about you. You're, you're, you're nothing to me, basically. Yeah. I still want to see her punch him though. Like she don't got to kill him because she's on the track to be the hero. So, you know, we don't want to complicate that, but (laughs) knock, knock a tooth out. I'm fine with that. Give the man a black guy. He disrespected you and your mom. He got to get hit. I'm so sorry. You got to catch them hands. A couple of hands. That's it. Nothing deadly. Just a two piece in a box up right fast. But yeah, <laughs> he seems so. I mean, we always have these types of characters in films and TV shows that are so stubborn. Like they can't really see like people told you like you can't win. 
very you can't uh, win short sighted and you still want to roll up in here like how are you even gonna get into the hex bro exactly not even like you don't even have intel on what exactly is going on so if we are to go by what we've seen in this episode you have monica who now has powers you have agatha harkness a witch vision who, of course, is not going to let anything happen to Wanda because they do still love each other. And Wanda, if she's not incapacitated some way, somehow, along with the kids who have powers as well. And not to mention the brother, if in fact he is just being controlled and he kind of snaps out of it. But there's so many things, so many powerful beings in this reality that can just destroy you, bro. Like, bro, destroy. You're gonna get destroyed, wrecked. You're gonna get destroyed, bro. In our in our Jesus and Mary, in our Jesus and Mary, bro. Inside the hex, Vision is in the carnival because that's where he was rejuvenated. And a man comes up to him and says, "Like, oh, you're the new clown. At least you already got your makeup on." And that's when he spots Darcy. And so, one of my questions that I had even after we recorded, like what if Vision doesn't remember? Cause he kind of essentially died for a third time outside the hex, but he remembers what happens and he remembers seeing Darcy when he was trying to get out of the hex. And so he sees her again and he's like, Oh great. Somebody like you can help me figure this thing out. And he was, he tells her like, we locked eyes <laughs> and yes. because she's in the hex and she's been like remade. She's not Darcy, Dr. Lewis at this moment. She's an escape artist who's completely right, chained right. up because with when the, she went into the, the hex. Yeah. With the carnival. Cause she, when she went into the hex, she was handcuffed. So now she's like a carnival act and He's trying to like talk to her. He's like, we had a moment. We had a connection. And she <laughs> thinks he's trying to hit on her. Right. And she's like, I'm not going to go out with you. Okay. Like, no. It's so funny because it's something that you would see in the office with, um, what's his name's character? Uh, Steve Carell, where he would be like talking about something to one of the ladies in the office. And they're just like, like, no, just like this whole creepy vibe <laughs> that he would give off. And that's exactly right. what Vision was was doing. It's like, we had a connection. We locked eyes and we had like this unspoken understanding. And it's like, bro, like, have you ever talked to people before? Because he hasn't talked to anybody but Wanda <laughs> in this reality and his children and everybody else. So I get it. So that's like the comedic part. Like, Right. Vision and Darcy bring the comedy to this otherwise pretty dark episode when you really think about it. So yeah, yeah. there's a mime doing some weird mime things and Vision uses that moment to, you know, touch Darcy's on her forehead and snap her out of it. So she's just regular Dr. Lewis at that point. And, you know, he starts asking her questions about like, who, who are you? And then that's when she tells him her name and he's like, Darcy Lewis, I intercepted an email from you. So then, you know, they hop in a van. <laughs> the man seems really the other carnival manager. I don't know who he's supposed to be. He seems really intent. He was, um, Hayward's, one of Hayward's henchmen. Okay. Is that why he's so mean? Cause he seems yeah, really yeah. intent he's on. Like, he's, the, he's the strong man. <laughs> yeah. He's a strong man. He seems really intent on like getting them on stage. Like you're up. It's your time for your act. And Darcy has to like punch slap him. It was like a slap, but it was, <laughs> this is why Jimmy Woo and Monica didn't tell her about their plan. Cause that little punch slap wouldn't have did nothing to nobody. Yeah. But he got like knocked all on the ground and. <laughs> <laughs> right I'm like okay sis um <laughs> but they get in the car and the in the van and they escape and then their you know vision is just sort of asking her questions and then we cut to a conversation with billy tommy and wanda you know wanda comes downstairs and she she just goes straight to the kitchen to uh make her some breakfast some cereal. Some cereal, right? And we have, uh, you know, the refrigerator with the almond milk. And then once it sits on the, when she sits it on the table, it turns into just a regular carton of milk. Um, the cereal is like, uh, I forgot the name of the cereal, but it had, the cereal box had like a missing person or missing child on it. Uh, she pours her a bowl. There's things that are, um, that are fritzing around her. 
The milk carton had the missing child. The yeah. cereal box is called like sugar snaps or something. It's supposed yeah, to be like frost, frosted flakes. It's like <laughs> fake frosted flakes. Sugar snaps with a um it had a maze on the back, which I guess is kind of a, a symbol of, you know, kind of what's going on. Like it's just some mysterious, you know, thing that we're watching basically and trying to figure figure our way through it. So um that's just a side note. But um yeah, things start like you know, fritzing and just being weird and turning and this and that um, on a smaller scale at this point, but it does get much heavier as the episode progresses too. Yeah. And then she has this conversation with Billy and Tommy and Billy asks her like, what is that thing that uncle P said about uh, uncle P uncle P said about <laughs> re-killing dad. And Wanda is like, don't believe anything that man has to say. He's not your uncle. And they were like, okay, well, who is he? Because, you know, Tommy was looking up to him. Because right. they both have the same abilities to be fast. So Tommy is like, okay, so who is he then? And then Wanda's like, well, I know you expect me to have all the answers, but I don't. I don't have them. And then she starts talking about how everything is meaningless, which is a lot to drop on a pair of children. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what it gets real dark. That's when it gets dark. Like their dad is not at home. She's saying their uncle ain't their uncle. They learn that their dad has been killed before and may have been killed again. And then she starts talking about how everything is meaningless. And that is when our girl, Agnes, AKA Agatha Harkness, pops over and Wanda like magically opens it. Somebody magically opens the door. And it's just sort of like, Oh, hey, Agnes, thanks for dropping. <laughs> Again, yeah. it's like she's right time. She's right yeah. on time. She's just knocking on the door. Wanda already knows that it's her. Um, right. She didn't don't... even have to knock. The door just magically opens. And I think it's Wanda who opens it. But it's just like, oh, my God, you're right on time. Because she doesn't want to have this conversation with Billy and Tommy. She don't even want to be with anybody. This is her, right. quote, quarantine staycation day. <laughs> and she wants to mope around the house and eat cereal and watch TV. And again, who among us has not been there? I've definitely been there. But I also am not holding thousands of people hostage in a reality that I may or may not have created. <laughs> right. Um, they also ask about uh, Vision and she's like, well, if he doesn't want to be here, then I can't, you know, I can't force him to be here, which is what I was saying, like the whole like resentment aspect, you know, knowing that he was trying to leave the uh the hex and this and that. So she doesn't she just doesn't she just wants to dismiss that and not really think about what's been going on and the whole everything that's up until this point, you know, between her and vision and, you know, the love that they have and, Oh, well, he's trying to leave. So whatever I can't, I can't keep him here and this and that. So it's just, you know, she, she's going through a lot. She's going through a lot and she's not handling it well yeah, at her, all. Her coping um, sucks. <laughs> she doesn't seem to have any coping mechanisms. Like she's not like she's not even I get it, right? Like we all go through things. It's you know, especially if you're dealing with grief, you're dealing with trauma, and all of this stuff is just weeks, right? Like these are it's just been mere weeks since she one had to kill Vision and that was traumatic to supposedly save the universe only to have Thanos <laughs> reverse time and kill him for real. Or, you know, what we thought was for real. So she's dealing with all of these things. And in the span of just a mere weeks, she's had twins who are now tweens. Her husband wants some answers that she don't want to give him. And she's not processing or coping with it well. And I don't think she even has the the like capacity to do so. It's not like she's been a mom for 10 years. She's been a mom for like a couple days. <laughs> right, right. Right? So she doesn't even know how to talk to Billy and Tommy about things that are going on with her and the fact that their dad is not at home. Like, you know, these are dramatic issues and she is not equipped to deal with them. So she's not dealing with them. And then like that's some, why some postpartum. I mean, it's all it's all the depressions. <laughs> postpartum, post traumatic stress disorder. It's just everything rolled into one. Right. On top of the fact that Whenever there's an issue or problem, she just uses her her powers and her and magic to to fix it, you know. So she doesn't really face things head on, and she hasn't um, 
up until this point at all. She either just, you know, does some magic, just move her hand around and fixes the issue. And now all this stuff is just catching up to her because it's real things going on, real implications with how she's handling things. So, yo, you don't lose your mind. And this is probably not the best time to do it. But we all know that it's happening. There is no best time. And so that <laughs> that part is true to life. Like when when things go bad for people, it doesn't go bad at the right time. But right. at the right time, once again, Agnes, who's always showing up. Whenever Wanda exactly needs her, she shows up in this moment and she offers to take Billy and Tommy to her house, which we've never seen before, again. So when we do see her looking out of the window, she looks like she's looking from her where Herbert's house should be. Or is that just me? Um, Later in the episode, when the whole confrontation between Monica and Wanda comes up, Agnes looks out of her window and it looks like she's the house next door, which is Herbert's house, but whatever. Right. It, it's, I don't know. Cause she's even referenced like not your right, but my right. So it's, it's just, I don't know the positioning, but when they show her actual house, uh, fun fact, that is the actual bewitched house. Even more clues that she's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I noticed that uh, when they did pan or actually show the full the full house. I'm just like, oh, wow, that's that's straight from Bewit. Yeah. In this scene, um, Agnes shows up. She offers to take Billy and Tommy and Wanda at first. is like, oh my God, thank you so much. What can I do for you? But she never says like, no, they can stay at home and, you know, play video games and I'll just be in my room eating cereal. She's just like, yes, please take them. Go. <laughs> and Billy and Tommy are like, are not really sure, especially Billy. Tommy is not really talking a lot in this episode. But Billy is more of the empath. Like he's more of the one who can sense, you know, people's feelings now. He can he can hear things about them, maybe hear their maybe not hear their thoughts, but like hear when they're in distress. And he and Tommy are like, Well, we need to stay here to like take care of you. And then Wanda like brushes them off and sends them with Agnes. And at that moment I was like, Oh my God, you might never see these kids again. <laughs> like these kids is gone. What have Agnes, it cuts to her speaking to us. And she tells the kids like, oh yeah, come on, I don't bite. And then she right. speaks she's to like, us and is like, like, I bit a kid once. I bit a kid once, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and she also references a mole when she's like leaving, like, oh, yeah. I have this mole that I can't see, which um, we all know witches have moles. That's like yeah. one of their earmarks. Stereotypical witch, <laughs> witch things. And then and she says to the kids, hey, can one of you look at it? It's like, right. Oh wow. But um, and I can't but... remember if it's this scene or if it's when they're back at her house, and she's like, she was uh one nerve short of cutting her own bangs or something. It's like it's supposed to be funny and tell us that Wanda was like on the verge of losing it. But yeah, that's yeah. You that's know, cool. there's always there's always like a dark thing underneath, like. Catherine Hahn is doing such a great job in yeah, this role. She's, she's doing like such a magnificent job. Like I would watch an Agnes show. Like it might be more interesting than WandaVision to me. To be quite honest, like <laughs> to watch some just witches. because of her. Yeah. Just because of her abilities as an actress. She's just so great in every single scene. And even when she's like hamming it up and playing it up and winking at the camera, all like <laughs> over the top or, you know, being like, I bet a kid once, and you believe her. You're like, oh yeah, she did. <laughs> right. She she probably did, and it was probably they probably had it coming. But like a big old bite. she's killing it outside the hex. Jimmy and Monica learn that um, learn why Tyler was tracking Vision. Um, he basically wants him back as a weapon, <laughs> yeah. um, and he didn't. He couldn't figure out how to like reanimate him as a weapon until. Wanda took his body and did it for him. And now he wants him back. Monica meets up with her, quote, guy, who is not a guy at all, who turns out to be someone named Major Goodner, who is a friend of Wanda's mother. And she also tells her that Monica has people who are also loyal to her over Tyler. So that that's an interesting conflict that they're setting up. There are people within the military or sword or whatever, who are actually loyal to Monica versus being loyal to Tyler. Um, <clears throat> Major Goodner brings Monica her, her space rover that is going to try to help her get back into the hex. 
Yeah, with the conversation that they're having on their way to meet up with Major Goodner, they express that, you know, Tyler is, you know, trying to, I guess, weaponize Vision. And that kind of alludes to the fact when he was talking with Monica about, you know, the whole five years, like you don't know what it's been like and this and that. So we need, you know, basically uh, some level of protection or possibly just have Vision on hand to fight things and this and that. Which is very, which goes against, of course, the accords that were set forth and Vision's will, um, which he was trying to, which Jimmy uh, alluded to or spoke about when they showed the footage of Wanda busting into place. But when I had, when we previously talked about that, we saw like the lab coats, and I did allude to the fact that they were probably, you know, trying to reanimate him or bring him back to life for their own for their own purposes. So that's why he has such a hard on for vision. And we see, you know, what it is that he his his actual goal is. So damn everything else. You know, we just need to get vision. So as we see them pull up they're you know, uh, they're met by Major Goodner, um, which I do not think is the actual uh, aerospace engineer. I think she's just part of the, the team and that supposed aerospace engineer that we haven't or that was alluded to, they haven't shown yet. Um, being that she did, uh, Major Goodner showed up with a whole squad, you know, and she also talks about how, you know, we're loyal. We're not just loyal to your mother and this and that. They bring out the big, the big wheels, which is something I want, actually. Um, the rover, the space, the souped up space rover and this and that. So, you know, they're about to get it, get it cracking and bust on into the hex you know, which is, you know, the, the technology is outfitted with whatever specs that Monica was requesting. And I believe she she said those things in the previous episode when she was talking to uh, to Darcy, you know, as to what what type of vehicle that we would need. So and Tyler doesn't have this type of vehicle and we see how it's played <laughs> out for the vehicle. So I'm wondering, like, what his plan is. But in the meantime, Vision and Darcy are on their kind of road trip back from the carnival grounds to Vision's house. And he's, you know, asking her a bunch of questions about whether his children are safe and who Pietro is really. Darcy doesn't, can't really answer those questions because she's not sure. And that's when she starts to catch him up on, you know, this happens in a later scene, but it's basically the same scene. So we're going to talk about it now. That's when she starts to catch him up on the last few weeks, like the, the or years, I guess, like all of the things from Infinity War through Endgame, the fact that, you know, Wanda had to kill him to save the universe. And he, I think he says like, did it work? And then she's like, yeah, but then <laughs> the bad guy reversed time and killed you again. <laughs> And Wanda had to see all of this. So he starts to see or he starts to hear and understand, like, she's not just doing all of these things because she wants to have a certain amount of power. She's doing them because of him, right? To, like, bring right. him back. And at some point, you know, she catches him up on he was sort of the basis for Jarvis. And then he was created by Ultron to be uh, this super powerful weapon that could commit genocide and you know he asks her okay who am i now and she's like i don't know but <laughs> i do know that i've been watching wandavision since whatever for like the past week and you guys actually really love each other so she she doesn't she doesn't give him all the answers but she's able to tell him that like the love that he and wanda share is real right right basically she runs down the timeline from when he was created up until that point um, with being um, a form of Jarvis and then the corporal form of himself being created by Ultron and all of that. Um, so there's, there's a lot that isn't said, but we ba I basically are, you know, we understand that she tells him everything that, that has occurred um, with his death, with her, with Wanda actually killing him because he asked her to, um, you know, in order to save half the world or half the, the universe, um, and then Thanos reversing time to just kill him again, uh, Wanda seeing that. So he, he basically understands what's, what's going on and, and why there's a lot of context that's given as opposed to just like, oh, well, yeah, she killed you. Um, and this and that, 
So, you know, he also asked, like, did it did it work? Did we did we save? And she's like, yeah. And then she also explains what what happened to him towards the end. So that was the, you know, catching catching him up, which was certainly needed because at this point he just didn't know any of the anything that was going on. He's just like reborn, basically just into this reality, not knowing his past or anything, just knowing that he and Wanda are together. So this definitely uh, brought him up to speed. Yeah, for sure. And then that takes us to our commercial break, which is right on point because it's for an antidepressant called <laughs> Nexus. <laughs> and we know that Wanda is depressed. So we see the same woman from the Hydra Soap commercial who is like this overworked mom with all these kids. And I think she's this is like her third commercial that she's been in so far. And um, this one is for a product called Nexus, an antidepressant that one of the side effects can make you more depressed, which I think is hilarious um, because it's like taking a jab at all of the drug commercials that we see nowadays where they have they have to list all of the side effects and some of them are ridiculous. <laughs> but for this one, somewhere in the commercial, uh, toward the end of the commercial, it says, ask your doctor about Nexus, a unique antidepressant that works to anchor you back to your reality or the reality of your choice. Nexus, because the world doesn't revolve around you. Or does it? Or does so it? So this is cl- <laughs> this is clearly <laughs> talking about Wanda, right? Like, in her current situation of trying to make Westview, you know, fit to the reality that she needs it to be, to be fine, to live with vision, to have her kids. But now it's falling apart in this episode. So what do you think of the commercial? The whole uh, side effects that that were uh, read off, I guess, it's uh, feeling your feelings, confronting your truth, seizing your destiny, and possibly more depression. So basically forcing you to deal with the stuff that you're not trying to deal with anyway. Right. It's like, yeah, you take this or whatever it is that you do, it, it may not be the remedy um, and will definitely just bring you back to basically point one where you have to deal with things in reality. Um, Also, Nexus is the whole, uh, I guess, world between uh, dimensions, the connection point of different dimensions and this and that, which I think they're trying to express that maybe uh, Westview is that point. And it's why, you know, this hex can be created here, which will probably play into things to come when it comes to the whole uh, multi-dimensional or the uh, alternate alternate world and this and that, being that um, the nexus in the comic books is is a hub. Um, and it's kind of like where all the realities or dimensions, they all uh, they all cross, you know, so we'll we'll see and this is this was pretty much on the nose as well like by far one of the most on the nose uh commercials that we've seen when it comes to this this product so um yeah i'd like to see how that even pans out just how the uh the whole nexus and alternate dimensions and realities and how that how that all comes together in the actual series and what it leads to you know further down the line with other other stories that's that's supposed to be coming out yeah after the commercial break uh we finally finally get to see agnes's house (laughs) as you mentioned the outside of her house looks like the bewitched house and uh billy says that he likes it at her house because it's quiet and because agnes is quote quiet on the inside Tommy asks if their mom is going to be okay and Agnes lies and says yes. And then when she's having the conversation directly to the camera, she's like, how do you tell a kid that your mom is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? And in this, in this scene, she's like stroking this rabbit, uh, mix, what is the rabbit's name? McSniffy, McScratchy, somebody. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. Scratchy. Mr. Scratchy. So, you know, one of the kids has the rabbit, which is of course, Kids love animals for the most part. Senior Scratchy. Senior Scratchy. And she's just sort of having this, you know, like nice conversation. It doesn't feel threatening, but at the same time, it feels like "Mm, something ain't right. At least it felt that way to me. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the kids are definitely concerned about their mother 
you know, and with the questions that are being asked, um, Agnes, she basically, you know, she's just like, oh, your mom, she, she's she's OK. And she's a super mom. She can do anything. And, you know, and they cut to her uh, breaking the fourth wall and basically says, like, you know, how can you tell someone's kids that their mom is just going bananas, you know, and on top of the fact that, you know, once we figure out who Agnes really is, we know that she knows this um, because she plays a part in that. Also, with uh, who is it? Billy's comments about the whole empty, the quiet, I should say. I think that's a reference, not just to the fact that Agnes is not being controlled, but her, you know, her darkness on the inside is just it's, it's masked. It's masked. So he can't read her being that Billy is a he can read minds. Um, so that's that's one of his his powers, which is why he was able to sense his father being in distress. And we can see how Brittany was saying, like, he's very empathetic or empath when it comes to sensing feelings and and just things like he, he gets that there's something wrong. But with with Agnes, there's it's just it's calm, it's peace or quiet, I should say. And he he likes that because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have the voices, which I think were definitely being that the, the hex was expanded. Um, you have more people in the hex, more people on the inside screaming out and he can, he can sense all of that. He can hear all of that. So it's, it's been taking a toll on him, And this is a nice break from that, which is also probably indicative of the fact that um, Agnes, her inside her home, it's, it's impervious to everything that's going on on the outside. So that, that definitely will play out later, later in the episode. And we'll, we'll get to that as we, um, as we uh, move forward. And it's pretty dark. Like it's just a different vibe. Like it feels like a, like an older person lives there. And Agnes is not an older person, at least in this particular iteration of her. But we know that as Agatha Harkness, she is an older, <laughs> she's like an old woman. Old as dirt, actually. <laughs> From 11, 1100 BC or something like that. Um, also the rabbit, Senior Scratchy, just a side note, Agatha has a son in the comic books, and his name is Nicholas Scratch. So I guess that's a Easter egg for uh, her son, um, Senor Scratchy, which is, you know, very interesting. I actually didn't even realize it until this episode. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. She does have a son. So. And just a side note, um, again, it's the COVID. We're both recording remotely and i don't know if you can hear whatever is happening in the background somebody's doing some construction or working on a car it's a lot of noise that may or may not come through so my apologies after the conversation between agnes billy and tommy we go back outside the hex and we see monica getting into the space rover jimmy asks like oh do you think it's gonna make it and major goodner is like yeah it's gonna easy slide right through or whatever she says get up all in there it's easy peasy right but as soon as monica like gets in it and she starts she drives to the hex and she hits the boundary of the hex like it ain't easy <laughs> um all, the, the vehicle won't go all the way through it's certainly not sailing through as major goodner promised and it's a lot of resistance to the hex and jimmy realizes that Major Goodner says, oh, it's disintegrating. And he's like, no, it's rewriting the code for the for the vehicle. So they tell Monica to get out. She gets out. Falls out. Yeah, she falls out. She gets out and then she like bops to the ground. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, let's get the EM emergency services over there to give her medical treatment. But she pops up and... You know, they're looking at her and she's looking at Jimmy and Jimmy's like, oh, shit, I know what she's about to do. And he's like, Monica, don't. And she just runs headfirst in the hex and uh, she has some struggles getting through the hex. She sort of separates into all of the pieces of herself that she was inside and outside the hex. We see like Geraldine. We see Monica in her, you know, sword uniform that she normally wears. We see her in the the suit that she has on going in and she just has to struggle, struggle, struggle. And she eventually pushes through. And when she comes through on the other side, her eyes are different. Her eyes are blue and white and she is not seeing clearly. 
she's seeing the world in a very, I don't know, how would you describe it? It's not hazy, but it's like a very... She's able to see the fields of energy that are being generated around her, actually. So, yeah, with the power line, she's able to see the energy emanating from the power line. She's able to see, I guess, the the form of the hex, like the bubble, I guess, the, the sky aspect of it, if I'm not mistaken. Also, when she she's, you know, pushing her way through the hex, we can hear conversations that she's had. There's uh, Carol Danvers' voice, her mother's voice, you know, all these things and the things that's being said is basically like, I guess, empowering her. The conversations like, like, oh, you're going to be, you know, great and this and that. And all of that comes together once she gets to the other side and we see like, oh, wow, she's she got them powers. So she she definitely her her biology has been rewritten to the point where it has she's um a totally uh physiologically different different person and she can also see you know energy which is you know just the beginning the beginnings of her of her powers you know the thing that came to my mind which has nothing to do with comic books or whatever it was like she got the glow from yeah, the last yeah, dragon yeah, she did she, did. she, <laughs> she was the who's the master right. monica rambo like that's her now like she got right. the glow she could probably catch bullets with her too. She got the glow. Probably. I'm excited <laughs> to see it, even though I know how you feel about it. I'm excited that she's she's bossed up and she's set up to be, if not the hero, one of the heroes of this series um, and this season. Um, but after she breaks through the barrier, she strips off the spacesuit and she starts running. Yeah, this, um Tiana Paris run track because she she had a dope stride. You know, I was I was watching it. I'm like, oh wow, she she looked like she can run that hundred with just ease, you know, the form and everything. She she had it. She had it. And she books it to Wanda's house and she just busts up and not busts. She just opens the door and she just starts like, Wanda, Wanda, nah, she, and Wanda. She it up in there. Wanda is still in the kitchen eating more. Ce- I'm like, sis, how much cereal are you going to have? <laughs> She's still right. eating cereal. Like, ma'am, make a sandwich. But she's still in there eating cereal. And then when she hears uh, Monica, she's like completely thrown off. Because she's like, what are you doing here? How Why are you, you here? here? Yeah. How did you get here? Because, you know, the last time she saw her was outside the hex. After she booted her out, too. Yes. And also train the guns on Tyler and all of that. But they, you know, Monica is trying to talk to her and Wanda, like, blast her out of the house. Like, I'm not going to talk to you, okay? And then we get to the street and Wanda's still sort of holding Monica in the air. And she's just like, leave me alone. Get out of here. I'm not talking to you. And then like everybody is watching. Uh, We see Dottie is like gardening. and She's now watching this confrontation. We see the mailman stops and he's watching this confrontation. And then, you know, there's a point where Wanda like does a hand motion to like basically bop Monica to the earth. And it doesn't work like that. Like Monica, like. I guess absorbed the energy and was able to just like do one of those power poses on yeah, the ground. The, super, the superhero land. <laughs> the superhero one power fist, pose. One yeah, fist a and fist. one knee to the ground, you know. <laughs> they always do it. Like uh what Deadpool said. They always just do do the pose, do the pose. <laughs> right, right. And Wanda looks surprised that she just didn't like crash to the ground and be hurt. And then they're still talking and you know. Monica starts telling Wanda like how, you know, I've I've lost the closest person to me too. And this whole thing is about vision. She's trying to like reason with her. And Wanda just doesn't want to deal with it. She's not trying to hear her. And in the midst of this conversation, I think Wanda's like, oh, don't make me hurt you. And Monica's like, I'm not afraid of you. Do it. Like, do it. I already lost everything that I could lose. So just just kill me if you want to kill me. Right. And she doesn't. And then that's where she's like, see, that's where you and Hayward are different because he would he would probably kill her or try. And Wanda is not doing that, at least not at the moment. But during this conversation, Agnes sees it. And so she comes out and she, you know, basically tells Monica, like, leave Wanda alone. And she takes Wanda away for a walk. Yeah, the conversation that Monica is trying to have <laughs> with 
Wanda is more so like a warning and she's trying to befriend her at the same time and let her know that, you know, she's been through things as well. Um, you know, Hayward is just going to basically try to burn all this, this down. And she also tells her like, you have to take it down, meaning the hex. And and that's Um, when Wanda's like, don't make me hurt you. Right. Yeah. Walking away. How convenient. Um, but yeah, it seems as if Wanda, she recognizes that um, Monica does have powers at this point. And I think that is what makes her hesitate because she couldn't just boot her out. She couldn't just, you know what I'm saying? Get rid of her like she did before. Um, also, Monica is trying to tell her, like, don't let Hayward turn you into the villain you know, and then Wanda's just like, well, maybe I already am. You know, Agnes is looking through the window. She finally comes out and, you know, tells Monica, you shouldn't be here. Like pretty much grabs Wanda and takes her into the house. And um, I also noted like, oh, when they're walking away, the damn uh, delivery dude, FedEx dude, he's walking right behind her. And he always seems to just show up at key moments. Key moments that involve Agnes. Correct. It's always Agnes, Wanda, and then he'll show up. And he hasn't shown up much, but there's been maybe like three or four times that he's he showed up. He's even spoken and had some, a few lines. So I'm wondering like, yeah, bro, yeah, it's something about you. But um, yeah, she, you know, she, Agnes takes uh, Wanda away. And of course that just leaves uh, Monica outside. And of course she's not, she's not, she's going to, she's going to continue her, her mission basically. Cause she knows what's at the end of Hayward's goals. She also seems to follow them though. Like she's starts to follow behind them. I think she's like, you know, I'm going to keep a distance or whatever, right, right. but they eventually, I guess they walk the block cause they <laughs> They couldn't just go into Agnes's house. Like they, they had to go somewhere, right? They literally walk walk down the block, you know, like so but like Agnes lives next door, according to what we see later. Right, right. So I mean, even when they showed her looking out the window, it looked like she was like right across um the way. It's just some, some right. kind of weird, weird positioning, but you know. But it looks like they walk down the street and eventually, I guess, they make the block and they end up back at Agnes's house. And Agnes offers Wanda some tea. And while she's making the tea, Wanda's like, she sees the half eaten like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And then she's like, wait a minute, my kids are supposed to be here. So she's like, where are the twins? And she sees the rabbit in a cage. She sees some big bug on the curtains. It was a big one. I don't know what kind of fly that was. It looked like a beetle, but it was on the curtains. And then she's like, where are the twins? And then Agnes is like, oh, they're probably playing in the basement. Like, in in what world? (laughs) In the basement. (laughs) Would children be playing in a basement unless it was, like, fully renovated for, like, kids? Like, no kid is just in a basement, okay? And as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, them kids is gone. The dark, dank basement. Right. Those kids are trapped like a rat. (laughs) It's a wrap for them. Yeah, we see that uh, Wanda picks up on the fact that the kids aren't there. And then, you know, they show the rabbit. They show a fly. It's like a big old fly, which is also representative of the devil, it's almost like a precursor to the devil showing up in, in like, I guess, devil lore. Is that a thing? Is yeah, devil yeah. lore a thing? Yeah, Is this because like, you watch Supernatural? Do they have flies showing up all the time? I mean, just in, in movies, in like the culture, when it comes to like devilish things or ominous devil style type of things, like flies are indicative of something evil. And yeah. That's what I got out of it, you know, so it's definitely something okay. dark coming. I mean, they, they definitely focus on the rabbit and the fly. So that made me think like Ralph is one or the other. <laughs> like, maybe if the rabbit is her son, maybe the fly is Ralph. Like Ralph is somewhere. He's just not a figure. Right. We haven't seen him yet, but he he's going to pop up at some point. And maybe he'll be Mephisto and maybe he'll be somebody else. But And I think... um 
if I'm not mistaken, Mephisto like turns into a fly at some point in the comic books or something like that. So that might just be an Easter egg. But I do know the significance when it comes to flies that it is tied in with dark and devilish types of things. Be aware. Be aware. So that prompts Wanda to go into the basement. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (sighs) Wanda, like, like, come on. You don't know this is a trap. Like, this is a trap. This is a And this is when, like, all the horror tropes just kind of came back. Like, oh, my God. Um, White girls in scary movies, basically. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> right. to search this dungeon, you know. Um, shouldn't shouldn't be a problem. Right. Shouldn't be an issue. Just walk, no, ain't no lights on. Like, <laughs> right? It's just dark, and she's like, Billy Tommy. Are you down here? And you don't hear anything. Like, yeah, mom. Like, we're, no, you don't hear anything. You get into the basement. And it's like this massive cavernous dungeon. It's like, yeah, it's like a layer, bro. <laughs> like, like you didn't, and then you didn't try to like activate your powers in advance. You didn't come up with the red Scarlet Witch energy in advance. Like, okay, this don't look right. So let me get something popping. Right. Instead, and, um, you just keep walking and you're seeing all this creepy stuff. We got skeletons in the cabinet. You got a book. A, this, like like a, a book of evil, a tomb. That's what it looks like. It's a tomb. Book of magic, like emanating colors and whatever. And then here comes Agnes being like, oh, you didn't think you were the only magical girl in town. <laughs> and she's holding the rabbit. So that makes me, that makes me think this rabbit is like somebody. Because she's very careful with this rabbit. See, and this rabbit has been you. seen. This rabbit has been seen several times. Right, like, isn't one of the devil's names Scratchy or something like that? I don't know nothing about the devil. (laughs) I don't be fooling with the devil. (laughs) I think so. Like, yeah, I think one of his names is Scratchy. I don't even want to Google it because I don't need that in my history. Like, then I'm gonna get ads for like the Church of Satan or something. Like, I don't want to be violent. (laughs) But um. It cuts to the her basically her theme song, which is a variation of the monsters theme song. It was Agatha <laughs> all along. Right. And it shows I her. do. You you have to stand a purple queen though. Purple is my favorite color. She comes through in this purple cloud and purple smoke and just turns into uh Agnes with the flowers and the right, you know, right. a time when she was just popping by to welcome them to the neighborhood. And, you know, then we see Agnes is like the producer of WandaVision. <laughs> like, that's what, what it seems like. Yeah, she, she, she's a producer. She's definitely a part of how uh, everything has transformed. Being that, you know, Wanda has said herself, like, she's not sure how everything started. And so it's just the the song was like funny as hell. You know, showing her um, with Herbert Sherbert, how he was actually cutting some shrubs. <laughs> right. She, the, the jacked, wall. She jacked my man up. You know, she was sprinkling some magic when they were at the meeting with um, what the the dot with Dottie and them. She probably broke that glass in Dottie's hand. It's, it's possible. Also, she was doing something at the talent show when they had the rabbit because she lent them the rabbit for the show. Yeah, senior scratchy. So, and then we also saw when Pietro showed up at the door, she was right there too, wiggling her fingers and having wine and cheese outside. outside <laughs> it's just like the, the, her at her leisure. She's just like, yeah, let me just mess everything up around here. And so, <laughs> it was definitely a um, a surprise. Even though, you know, we we pretty much speculated that Agnes is Agatha Harkness. We 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 pretty much solidified that, yeah, that's Ag- that's that's Agatha Harkness. But the thing is the whole like, oh, mischievous, uh, she's like the dark entity, which I don't think she is the main villain. I think she is trying to appease or she's helping someone else, which could be Ralph or Mephisto, if that's Ralph, or some other dark entity. Um, that is ultimately the one who is benefiting from from all of this stuff being that, OK, the nexus, you know, other dimensions, realities. Agatha is she has magic herself, which could mean that she's kind of feeding off of Wanda or maybe whoever is, you know, the big bad 
she could be like the little bad. The big bad is 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 feeding off of Wanda. And then the kids are gone. Um, and I think we had said in one of our previous episodes um, that, you know, it's all about the children and they're going to be a big, huge part in the evilness of it all, um, whether it be their, you know, they're being used, you know, for their powers or at some point maybe taken away or, you know, so it's all about the children. Remember that. But then we have an ending credit scene. First time in the series, but it's definitely Marvel. And the funny thing is, so this is episode seven. We haven't had any post or mid credit scenes. I think in the, in the very early on of the show, people were expecting them because it is Marvel and they weren't happening. And when I first watched this episode, I just happened to leave the credits going. I think I was like on my phone or something, texting or reading email. And so when the scene popped up, I was surprised. I was like, wait a minute. Like... What is happening? Because this has never happened. And we're all the way in episode seven. But yeah, we have a mid post credit scene. And it's Monica looking around Agnes's house. She's looking through the window. She doesn't see anything. And she sees the cellar doors. And she opens the cellar doors. And, you know, the purple glow is all along the walls. And even her eyes are purple at that point. And then we see Pietro. And he's like, Snooper's gonna snoop. <laughs> right. Aren't his his eyes are um a purplish color too? I didn't even look at his eyes, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't. But Monica's eyes are not purple. Like her powered up eyes are blue. So yeah. we already see that like the same thing happens to Wanda when she is when, in the in the dungeons, yeah, basically in the basement when Agnes is like, Oh, you think you're the only magical gal? And it's like all this purpleness, the purple haze starts to form around <laughs> her head and her eyes. And it's not red, which is, we know, my, uh, Wanda's power. So right, right. what do you think this means? Which is going which? So <laughs> I think uh, being that we saw in the whole Agnes theme song, how she was, you know, she's pulling strings and she definitely pulled some strings when it came to Pietro. Um, so he's probably a pawn of hers. I'm not going to say he's he's bad, but he definitely seems to be under her control, like how they showed other people were when it came to like Herbert Sherbert, Herbert Sherbert. That's your name for him, um, <laughs> you know, and other things that she's been, been been doing in the in the hex and manipulating certain situations. So, yeah. And being that we, we didn't see him the whole episode either, even though we know, you know, Wanda wakes up you know, the following morning of Halloween and she just, you know, blasted him for his comments, you know, and now here we see him. So it's almost as if he's just like kind of keeping watch of, of Agnes's uh, home, which seems as if it's, like I said, it's more impervious to what's going on in the hex on the outside. And she has like her own little, like, I guess, reality. I'm not going to say an alternate reality, but actual reality inside of her home. So with that, uh, I think moving to the next episode, you know, I think there's going to be some flashbacks um, like how they did with uh, when they showed how Monica, you know, when she went inside the bubble the first time. I think there's going to be some flashbacks on, you know, Agatha and what transpired in that time frame in order to create this whole um, hex and what she's been doing truly. When it comes to, you know, her whole, uh, I guess, history uh, behind the scenes, basically. So, yeah, that the purple, her purple magic. You got Wanda with the red uh, magic and Monica is kind of caught in the middle. Once Vision gets there, we'll see what, what he can do and how he's going to figure everything out because no one is at the house. Right. We'll, we'll definitely see. Very interesting. I know a lot of people were upset with Kevin Feige because he had hinted that the last three episodes would be longer, that they may, they may be about an hour. And <laughs> that was wrong about episode seven. I don't know if we're going to get two hour long episodes for eight and nine. Um, but I do think they have a lot of things to work out. Like right. there are a lot of things that I would like to see in terms of, you know, Wanda and Vision having a conversation. Like they haven't even gotten there. Also in terms of Tyler and his whole operation, I don't yeah. see that working itself out in 30 minutes, but we'll see. 
Yeah, we'll see what what Tyler <laughs> how Tyler gonna get his ass whooped because you know it's coming in some way, some shape, form, or fashion. Yeah, I'm you know with the whole like longer episode. I I think at the least the finale episode will probably be an hour, and it should be an hour. Um, if not both the uh, the next episode and the last. So. Um, especially being that now we have a lot of reveals with, with Agatha and you got Monica getting her powers and, um, yeah, there, there's a lot to cover over the next two episodes. So I'm hoping they're actually a lot, you know, longer than what we've, what we've, um, been seeing in the, in the previous episode. So we gonna see, and we will be watching. We going to see. And yeah, we definitely will be watching. Um, that brings us to the end of this episode of WandaVision. Uh, before we sign off, is there anything else that you want to talk about, want to mention, uh, have questions about going forward? I can talk about the whole character of Monica Rambeau, like on a whole nother episode of this podcast. <laughs> but I'm just going to put it out there. My feeling about Monica Rambeau. I think I said before that they kind of ruined her character out the gate with having her look up to Carol Danvers. And I think, yeah, we were talking about this and I was expressing how every character, they kind of paid homage to who they are in the comic books and brought forth some form of their identity within their character for the MCU. Whereas with Monica Rambeau, we don't see that at all. The only thing they've brought forward with her is the fact that she's called captain or she was a captain. Outside of that, they killed her mom. They never showed her dad. They have her looking up to Carol Danvers. And none of this is accurate. Her even getting her powers this way is not accurate. So it will definitely be interesting to see how they move this forward. And being that she is going to be in Captain Marvel 2... I am thinking, being that there's supposed to be a big, uh, I guess, Luke Skywalker moment from The Mandalorian in this series at on the last episode or something like that, I'm thinking it's going to be Brie Larson. I'm just putting it out there. I'm thinking that she's going to have a cameo in this series. That's my theory. That's my thoughts. And I just wanted to put it out there. We're in the end game right now. So it's, it's going to be fun to watch. So everybody... If you haven't been, please tune in. Please tune in because it's it's getting real. So that brings us to the end of another episode of We Be Watching. And uh, we will definitely be tuning in next time, next week, next Friday to episode eight of WandaVision. Also, if you are a fan of Queen Sugar, we are recapping that show with myself and my co-host Sharon. We are doing those podcasts about Queen Sugar season five. The first episode is up now. So on this feed, you can find it. You can listen to it. You can tell your friends. If you have any questions or comments or feedback about WandaVision or things you would like us to consider on the air, you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at WeBeWatchingPod. You can also shoot us an email at WeBeWatchingPod at gmail.com. And uh, again, if you are listening on Apple, give us that good five-star review. And we appreciate y'all. We appreciate everyone who's listening and interacting with us on social. And we will be here next week. Until then, I am Brittany Danielle. And I'm Raja. And we be watching. <laughs> yay, yay. Peace.